The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash billrisser. Get to know the people who are moving the industry. And I just don't mean the celebrity real estate agents, right? I mean the ones who are actually like selling the, the homes in your market, right? right? Who are passionately involved in technology, social media, design, aesthetic, staging, who understand the international buyer pool that's coming into the market. Like I would get involved with that and look to those people and just call them up. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 97 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thanks again for checking out the show and listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for the reviews and ratings. That helps us grow. I really appreciate it. And very excited. I get to go back to my home state of California for this episode. And we're going to talk to Raj Kassar of the Boutique Real Estate Group in Orange County. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, you already know Raj. He's been around doing a lot of great things around the country, whether speaking, presenting, uh, a fixture at the Inman events. And I'm really excited to talk to him. Raj, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Bill, what's happening? Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Great to be here. My only question right now is that you've had 96 people on before me. And so what took you so long to get to me? That's all that's like, I really want to know. So let me answer that one. I wasn't quite sure if I only had 10, you'd go, no, it's a tiny podcast. But if I got to this number, you'd say, okay, I can go on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, it's so funny. I actually never even looked. I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Think about there, you know, the people I've connected with just through this inman circle of people. There are another 150 people I can talk to that get their stories that are, I think, are interesting and cool. And so it's it's been a blast for me. It's become just this labor of love, you know, getting to know more about the people that you we've had this relationship with online. It seems like forever. So I really appreciate you coming. Yeah, on. it does. Good. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Bill. Yep. So you, I know that you grew up in Southern California. Are you a native of California? Uh, tell me, you know, a little bit about the early years of Raj Kassar. <laughs> the early years, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was cruising around in a brown Cadillac with nice. velvet seats and eight-track player with my parents. Yeah, nice. that's early years. Yeah, but born and born and raised in in Southern California. Born in San Diego, and then when I was two, my family moved to Orange County. So I've been here my whole life. Great. And uh, you went to school then in California as well. Yeah. Um, yep. The whole way through, um, except for grad school, I left the state, so to speak. But yeah, uh, did my undergrad here at Cal Poly in Pomona. And that little network LinkedIn tells me that you got a biology degree. So I'm just guessing realtor was not what you wanted to be. No, I don't think realtor is what anyone totally really wants to be when they go to college. But I think that's changing just a little bit with all the the TV shows and all that kind of stuff going on. So we are getting a lot of people who just like come out of college and, and want to go into real estate. But for me, yeah, I was a bio major with a minor in chemistry um, and actually uh, finished that at Cal Poly and then went on to medical school. So believe it or not, I did three years of medical school um, before I got into real estate. Wow. 
Okay, that's a first. We we that's <laughs> in ninety seven episodes. <laughs> that's a first. That's great. Uh, tell me then, what happened? What was the trigger for you? What because you, you entered real estate kind of you know later. You had to be doing some things before that. But talk about that path that gets you to that place where you you, you get your license. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. So um, so obviously went to to college, graduated, and went on to medical school, and I was studying abroad for medical school. So. Um, I did three years of that. Um, my second year, I, or my my third year, I spent in in London actually, which was really really fun. I enjoyed that tremendously. Uh, but then when I got back, I kind of realized like, man, I don't know if this is like what I really want to do. I don't know if uh, kind of my heart's in it. And I don't know if I'm like really passionate um, about continuing on. So basically, I did what any other like you know twenty something year old would do. I took a year off and I basically went surfing. <laughs> I was a beach bum for about a year. So I just took some time to kind of regroup and hang out. And um, again, this is pre-social media, right? There's no Facebook, there's no Instagram, there's none of that stuff. Um, and just took some time off. But I had a friend of mine who was in the pharmaceutical industry. And he called me up one day and he's like, hey, Raj, um, I know you're you're like loving the long hair and the, the tan skin and hanging out at Newport Beach all the time. But um do you want to make some money? And I was like, well, well, what's going on? He's like, well, I know you're like taking some time off and you've got this medical degree, but you're also super extroverted and you're like a people's person. And like, I get my energy from people. Like I love being in a crowd. That's, you know, I love the Inman events and all the other events we go to across the country. They're just like really um, like intoxicating for me just because I get to meet so many people and, 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 and hear a lot of kind of like out of the box ideas. Um, but then you also get to know people really well. So, and I feed off of that. Um, but he's like, yeah, you're one of those people that like is kind of like geeky cause you're like a science person, but you can also like be salesy too. Like you could like sell anything to anyone and they wouldn't even know that you're selling. So he's like, I work for a pharmaceutical company and I don't know if you'd be interested, but we're doing this, like, he called it like a hybrid sales force of people who are like sales, but have like science degrees. And he's like, we're going to go t- uh, call on some of the biggest hospitals in Southern California and not title you as a sales rep, but title you more as like a consultant. I was like, huh, that sounds kind of interesting. How much does it pay? And he told me, I was like, whoa, that sounds really cool. I've like never made any money before. So um, that'd be fun. He's like, just try it for a year and see what happens. So talk to my family and my parents were gonna, about to kill me basically because um, they have a son who was going to medical school who's now like taking a detour into like corporate America basically. But anyway, I did that for a year and met some awesome people, really loved the gig. Um, and actually that company was based in San Diego, the headquarters, and um, got into that. So it was kind of like a sales slash marketing slash consulting gig. But that pushed me into like really finding my niche in sales. And they were doing some pretty cool technology stuff at that time, like stuff we would kind of chuckle at now, but for the time was really cool. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like, I was like, huh, I, I get to do like the science stuff. I get to meet people. And there's some like technology here and I get to do marketing. This sounds like a cool gig. Um, and so that's kind of what happened. And I got into that for about 10 years. So I did that and I didn't go back to medical school. So my parents still probably need therapy and counseling because I never <laughs> went back. Um, um, but it was, it was a good detour for me. And I found like a little bit of energy. But halfway through that, I was going through the sale of my first home. And I just called the, the neighborhood realtor who lived like 10 doors down for me. I'm like, hey, my family's selling. Uh, we're going to upsize. Can you help me like, you know, sell this? And 
go through that. And that was my first experience with like a residential real estate agent. And through that process of having my own house up on the market and the agent turns to me and says, Hey, you got a pretty cool printer at home. Can you print some brochures for me? And then he turns to me again and says, Hey, you, um, if you, I'm busy this weekend, but if you want to do an open house at your own house, I'll put the signs up for you. If you just keep the door open and hang out on the couch and let people in, Wow. you know, your house better than I do. So why don't you do that? And I was like, what? Anyway, we sold our house and we paid this guy some money and I was like, dang. And so my wife turns to me and says like, you could so do this job. You could so do this. Why do we have to pay that guy? And I was like, okay, bet tenant's cool. So I actually looked into it. And back in that time, there was no online classes really. So I went to a, 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 like a real estate school with like desks and pencils and paper and took like night classes to get to study for my exam. Then took a crash course, got my exam and the rest was history. But um, what really got me involved is like that first week after I had my license, I was hosting a happy hour for a bunch of my doctor friends um, at a place called Javier's, which if you're an understanding person, you probably know what that is, but a Javier's. Um, and one of the guys turns to me and says, Hey Raj, you know, everyone, like you're totally connected. And again, this is pre-social media. You're totally connected. Like I need a realtor. Do you know anyone who is a realtor? Can you imagine that? Wow. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah. His name is Dan. I'm like, Dan, of course I do. I'm like, I just got licensed. Like, I would love to help you. I don't know what I'm doing, but let's do it. So we looked at three homes in one weekend. He and his uh, wife liked one. We wrote it up and we got it. And so that was my first sale. A week after I had my license, my first sale was like a $600,000 condo in the parking lot of a yard house. And that was my first sale. Wow. And I was like, I'm hooked. If it's this easy, I could do this all day long. You know what I mean? But like, obviously we all know it's not that easy. Right. But that, that's kind of the long answer to your very short question. So who are you with? You, obviously, you started your company in 2013. Talk about that. Who are you, who are you with in the, in the interim? So I had a friend who I was really close with growing up. And then he had a friend who owned a brokerage. And so I met with that broker. We had lunch and I was like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. My goal is like one or two homes a year. That's all I want to do. I just, I'm moving. Um, I want to pay my property tax bill at my new place. And I've got a day job and I'm not really interested in doing this full time. So I don't want to have to go to meetings. I don't want to have to like go to trainings. I don't have to do anything I don't have to do because I got a full time gig. Um, and the guy's like, yeah, come on board. So it was a small, like at that time, uh, not a like well-known brokerage, but it was a cool place for me to start. There was really some great people there. And um, I, I learned kind of the contract there and I learned like how to list homes and how to work with buyers and that kind of stuff. So um, it was a good place to start. Right. Um, and, and I think, I think I was like the, the 31st agent at that company. And now they have, you know, like 600 agents or something like that. And they're still up and running in a really good company and a good place to be. Uh, did you depart from that company to start up your own company? Um, yeah. So what happened while I was there is I got busy really, really fast Bill. So, yeah. um, and I was still had my day job. So I kind of started thinking like, Hey, um, I played like, soccer growing up. I played in high school and I played in college. And I'm like, you can never do soccer alone. And I'm like, man, I can't do real estate alone. So I was going through all of this on my own. I'm like, I went and bought a super fancy camera to try to take my own photos. They looked horrible. Um, I started when social media hit, I started doing my own, like we had a fan page. Remember they were called fan pages yep. on Facebook. And, and I was trying to manage that and do all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I wake up at like four in the morning to like, get my posts going for the day and think about it. 
and then go to my day job. And then like, I've got a family as well, you know, and I was trying to juggle all this at the same time. I'm like, this is silly. I'm going to find someone who does social. I'm going to find someone to show houses for me during the day and pay them when I close the deal. Because again, I was getting busy really, really fast and I couldn't do it on my own because again, I had a corporate job, you know, basically nine to five. I was hosting clients three to four times a week during the week and at night. So it was like, I couldn't do it all. So um, I started bringing people on and forming a team. And uh, the broker was kind enough that he gave me an office space that I rented out from him that was just off the main brokerage. And so it was about like six or 700 square feet. And I started building my team there. Back before really teams were super popular, I started doing that. So I basically had someone who was like, showing houses for me, writing contracts for me, doing social media for me. Uh, but my first hire, actually, my first hire ever was a graphic designer because I know I wanted my stuff to be different because once I started marketing and not just dealing with buyers, um, I wanted to separate myself. Um, and I tell the story a lot. I, I was farming a neighborhood that had six women, very senior tenured women in the real estate world who had been selling real estate longer than I'd been alive. And so that's where I ended up farming and, and, and kind of like making my mark, so to speak. And so I wanted my stuff to look very different than theirs. And so my first hire was a graphic designer and then basically like an agent assistant and then a social media person. So that was my team as I started. Wow. Yeah, that's, and this is uh, right around 2008, nine, is that the time frame right there? No, this is, so this, yeah, that was like, so I, I know I got on the Facebook in early 2008. So it was right around then that I was like doing social media and I couldn't do it. So right in 2008, 2008 is when that was all happening. Okay. Now, so like two years after I was licensed. Basically. Right. And you start, you start your company in 2013. By this time that you've had four to five years of doing this the way you were doing it. So you knew exactly what you were launching and what it was going to be and how it was going to be different from day one, right? I really did. And, and I knew I wanted to be different. We, we started making like being different with social media, right? So that was our, our thing because the, the ladies I was competing against, as great as they were and as successful as they were, um, weren't doing social media at that time, right? They were just, just doing what they did. They, their phone rang because they sold real estate for 30 or 40 years, right? And they sold it to their friends and now their friends got married and they sold it to them. And then their married friends had kids and their kids had grandkids. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, who do you call? You call this person and that's it. So I was kind of like the young gun kind of hustling and, making a mark digitally. And I remember one of the things after I got on Facebook, I jumped on and I was looking to like search how to run ads on Facebook. Cause I was like, all the print stuff was so expensive at that time. And I was like, man, that is I, like, how do they afford this stuff? Like all these agents, like they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on like a quarter page ad that prints 500 things, 500 magazines a month. So I was like, let me figure this out. So I remember distinctively and I give, you know, Chris Smith a lot of props every, every time I jump on a stage when people ask about the beginning, but he was doing this call like a webinar and he was in this little apartment and I could remember here in New York. And I remember the car zooming by his apartment window saying like, okay, these are the four types of Facebook ads you need to run A, B, C, and D. He's like, Oh my God, this guy's like speaking my language. Wait, is he a realtor? What's he selling? Like what's going on here? You know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, man, I'm going to try that out. So I started doing that. One of the first Facebook ad campaigns I got, I got a buyer off of, and then I got a seller. And then I had a friend contact me who we used to actually skateboard with in elementary school. It's like, hey, I see that you live in Yorba Linda. Like, I'm looking to buy a house there. Can you help me out? And it was just like one after another after another. I was like, oh my gosh, like now I'm getting really busy. 
Um, and it wasn't, uh, then I reached out to Chris and we kind of connected online. We became friends, but it wasn't until 2009, we shot our first video at a listing that the folks at Inman basically picked it up and were like, oh my gosh, here's a dude with a team that just made a video that wasn't cheesy on a million dollar listing. And they asked me to speak. And so once I got on stage basically at Inman and then it was like a CAR event and then an NAR event. And then some of the other like real estate events that happen across the country, talking about video, marketing, having an in-house design team. At that point, we had an in-house stager, um, in-house social media. Like that was quite different for a like a small team to do that, not a brokerage, right? And so um, after getting on stage at some of these and uh, really focusing hard on video because no one was doing um, that type of produced video. And I don't mean like an iPhone video. I mean like, produced with like a screenplay like a storyboard a screenplay jumping in helicopters like doing that kind of stuff at our price point like one to five million no one was doing it they were doing it at 10 and 20 and 30 or 40 million right with elevator music and bentleys and rolls royces and little fluffy dogs in in um, louis vuitton bags you know cruising down rodeo boulevard but they weren't doing it like specifically at our like the normal joe one to five million price point so we started doing that spoke on stage and then it was really weird. Agents came up to me after and said, hey, if you open up in Texas, I'd love to be part of your team. If you open up in New York, Orlando, Northern California, and then all of a sudden someone from Orange County is like, hey, I heard you speak at a CAR event. Um, can I join your team? I'm like, huh? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I was like, just mind blown. And so it was one agent, two agents, three agents, 10 agents, 20 agents, 30 agents, 40 agents. And then, you know, we are kind of where we are. So I knew at that point I had something um, in 2013 after going to all these conferences and speaking to a lot of people who basically said, I'm with a boutique company in New York. I'm with a boutique company in Austin, Texas. I'm with a boutique company in San Francisco. I was like, huh, that's really catchy. And I've got this love affair for wine. And so when we go like wine tasting or wine up to Napa, people will be like, I'm with, we have a boutique winery in Sonoma. We have a boutique winery in, you know, Yountville or whatever. And I kept hearing this name and then we'd stay at a boutique hotel. I was like, that's kind of cool. So I did some research, hired uh, a lawyer to do some like discovery for me and the boutique real estate group was not taken. That's and cool. so, yeah, uh, get a logo designed by our uh, great designer, um, get it copyrighted and trademarked, grab all the handles on social media at the boutique RE and voila, there you go. Uh, you are really well known for your videos, incredibly high production values. I mean, I, I show them to people all the time. I say, here's the gold standard. They're, they're basically short films. You know, they're not video. <laughs> and, but right. when, you, when you talk to a group of people at a, at a conference, whether it's at the state or, or an Inman event type thing, is it okay for them to get started with video in a different way? I mean, should they be shooting from their phone, trying to do things and even editing with an app? Is that, how do you, how do you, how, because not everyone can do what you do. You know that. I think it is okay to shoot some types of video on phone. Uh, and there's a lot of cool apps now out there. I don't personally use any of them, but there are a lot of cool apps out there. And I've seen agents using them that have some production value where you could edit on the fly, drop music in on the fly and get something out there quickly. The type of properties we're trying to market and how we're trying to set ourselves apart are really different than that type of video. So for example, this last, listing we took in San Juan Capistrano. I mean, it's truly an, a trophy property. 
It's on over five acres. It's got the only certified organic lemon farm on a residential property in the entire state of California. The main home's 9,500 square feet. It's got a professional CrossFit gym that's 1,500 square feet. It's got a guest house that's 1,000 square feet. It's got a tennis court, pool spa, and views to the ocean. And we listed it just under 12 million. I mean, that's the type of thing where we had five videographers all with the red cameras. We had a, a 4K drone flying over the property. We had a producer that was hired to storyboard the entire thing. We had two actors that we hired, um, and then myself and my team. So, I mean, that's the type of thing where you're setting yourself apart from the competition. If you look at all the listings in the area, there's nothing like it, right? right. We had another listing in the north side of town where uh, the owner is one of the owners of the Yard House restaurants. And so we did a documentary on him and why he fell in love with the home and why he built this home for him and his family, you know? And, and that one was released a, released a few months back. I mean, that got picked up by Realtor.com, Zillow, Trulia, Fox News. Uh, the article that Fox News published got picked up by Bravo TV. Bravo TV, Bravo TV then calls us up, up and pitches us for a show. You know, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you're not going to get from an iPhone video at a property. Right. It's impossible to get that, you know? And so that's why we do what we do. We just don't know what's going to happen when we push one of these out to the world. And the world truly does see it. When you look at the analytics on the back end, especially on YouTube and Vimeo, I mean, the world sees this. It's not our local community anymore. The world has the ability to see everything that we're producing. And so when you think of it like that, do you want yourself pixelated on a reverse camera on an iPhone? Or do you want five red cameras shooting in like 4K, 5K, 6K with drones and, you know, and a storyboard where people get emotional? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the, house is se- the house is secondary. Yeah. It's the story that's captivating people. Yeah, you've taken the art of storytelling, which really, I think every realtor in the country should embrace storytelling. In, in, in whatever market they're in, it's the telling of the story that has the power that moves people. You're just working in this, this different universe <laughs> of storytelling because that's the market you're in, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. People, real, our, our industry is, is people to people and it's emotional when you're in people's lives, especially like a buyer's life or a seller's life, you're in their home. You're, you're walking properties with them. You know, when they're happy, you know, when they're sad, when they're the husband, uh, the spouses are fighting with each other, you know, you know what I mean? And so you are literally in their life. And what connects with these people is emotion. When, when that wife walks into the house and she like pauses and she could see herself like having dinner with her entire family over Thanksgiving, you know, in that house, you know, that's the one. And so it becomes a very emotional thing. And when you could, take that emotion and put it online for people to see it becomes something you cannot like reproduce any other way. Right. And when people get emotional, they want to buy. And when they want to buy, you've got like dreams, like basically come true. Right. Because they found what they want and they're able to see it in their mind. And that's the neat thing about this kind of stuff is like, you get to see them change and transform when they walk into a home and you know, it's the one. Yeah. And a lot of times what we're doing is helping them figure out if this is the one by doing what we do. And it's not just video and short films anymore. It's the 3D tours. It's the two-dimensional floor plans. It's the, you know, we've, we're doing a lot of like feng shui appraisals because we have a heavy Asian concentration in Orange County. So it's a feng shui master coming to the home to bless it and give us his or her advice on what should be done to the property to, to help it stand out and how to make it feng shui compliant. 
to the people who are where that that's important to. Wow. Okay, that's the first time I've heard that on the podcast too, Raj. It's crazy. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It only took you ninety six bucks. So this is ninety seven. So that's fine. It's all good, man. That's all okay. All, all right. All right. I get it. I get it. Um, let, let's talk about the social game at, at the boutique real estate group. You mentioned early on you knew you needed help, but you say that, but you have all of your own handles and you are very approachable. You're always out there. You're doing your thing. So you've got a team now that takes care of the company stuff. But talk about the importance of what you're doing. You're generating leads and creating relationships because you're being you, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I, mean, I think it's important to be you. Again, we're in a very personal business and people want to know me. I mean, they, they do want to know the company as well, but they want to know me. Real estate is still so, so personal. And so I'm super active on all my handles, on everything. So I think that's really important. And, and I'm, I'm me. I mean, I've got some real estate on my handles, but it's me. It's my family. It's my friends. Yep. It's what I do on the weekends. It's my love affair for food and wine and um, anything on the beach. You know, that's me, you know, uh, but our company one takes it up a notch and is very, um, it's like real estate porn, so to speak. Right. Um, we've got videos. We're highlighting our properties, our agents, our community, um, our listings. I mean, it's, it's all those shots. So basically every photo that we take is hand touched by our graphic designer, our in-house designer. I mean, everything's hand touched. You know, Mother Nature doesn't always give us that perfectly blue sky with that little pink or that little orange going through it, right? So yep. we just kind of help sometimes. And so every photo is hand-touched. We look at everything before we give it to the public. We touch it. Every video, I mean, you know, we're crazy about video. So every video is edited and touched and the drops of the music and the beat of the music is, is, is in sync with what the person's saying on the video or how the scene cuts. I mean, we're taking our time because those little details matter. And so people get very emotional when they look at our stuff. And, you know, I just had an agent from Montana. I've never met before. We're not connected socially, but he's like, I've been watching you for years, watching you for years. And I, I, he called me up. He's like, I just want to say hi. You know, it's like stuff like that. Like you're able to connect with people. We held a broker preview the other day. And one of the agents came up to me. He's like, your listings never disappoint. Everything's on point with your listings from the flowers to the candles on the table to the little chocolate covered strawberries that are outside. He's like, you've thought of everything. And like, how do you do that? Well, guess what? You know, a lot of times it's not me, but it's the training. It's like, see what, like, okay, I, Bill, I know I'm jumping all around, but Go in medical it. school, I learned, I learned this, especially in my third year when you were like, I did the surgical rotation and they basically said, you see your attending, do it. You do it yourself. And then you teach it. See one, do one, teach one. And that's what we're doing. So on our listings, our, our newer agents are coming with us and they're seeing what we do. They're seeing us fluff the pillows. They're seeing that that placemat on that outdoor patio is not straight and we're straightening it. They're seeing that we're lighting every single candle in the whole house. The fireplaces are on, the music playing. They see that and then they get to do it themselves. And then we're looking at all the photos that they took and, oh my God, why is that toilet seat up? Get the photographer back and you're going back to the home and, and reshooting the photo or we could digitally take the top off and drop it on the seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like you miss, you miss the toilet seat lid. And why is that candle not lit? And that light bulb's out. But that's easy to do because we could digitally touch, put a light bulb in where we need to. But see one, do one. And then they get to teach the next person. So it's like the ultimate form of paying it forward and teaching someone how to be successful. And I think that sometimes that's what makes like our brokerage so romantic because of the size we are. We get to do that. And the agents aren't lost in the shuffle. 
Yeah. They get to be a part of it, see it all. You know, like we did, and a lot of times we're doing a lot of this socially and other people are seeing it. So we did a Facebook casting call for a listing we had down on the beach and we needed a girl who could swim, who's comfortable in a bikini and could also surf. And so you should have seen the comments and the mentions and people were sharing with their friends and then my phone was blowing up. My instant messenger was blowing up. Like people wanted to be a part of it. Like, oh my gosh, this, and then all these people are friending you and commenting. It's just doing that social reach. You just become so much larger. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we found a great person who actually did it and she was awesome. And she was so excited to be part of it, you know? That's, that's great. I, once again, I, 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 I love this. I love the passion you, you share with us here because even if I'm only selling $400,000 houses or $250,000 houses, it doesn't mean I can't be as passionate as you are, that I don't take the same care into the things that I'm doing. Right. right? I think that's, and that's but what here's, here's the, it is. It is. But you got to remember, we sell and $600,000 houses too, yeah. all the time. And yeah. we're still able because it's so much easier now to do amazing quality. And remember, you're not doing it for that $400,000 listing. You're doing it for the next one and yeah. the next one and the next one. Because when you get the next one and the neighbor comes out of the house and is like, what's going on here? You guys shooting a commercial? Actually, we're not. We're real estate agents shooting a short film on your community and your neighbor's house, which is going to be on the market in about two weeks. They're like, oh my gosh, why is there a makeup artist here? Well, because we have actors. Well, why are you having actors at a $400,000, $500,000 condo? Well, it's just, it's just what our team does, you know? And so you're able to do a lot of this really high quality stuff. I think the issue is agents get assigned listing. They want to sign in the ground and they want it on the market. And most brokers and owners are teaching that. Get it signed, get it on, go. Don't waste time. But the thing is, is we're dropping it on everything else besides the MLS before we hit the MLS. Mm -hmm. So people are seeing our stuff before it hits. So they're seeing it on Zillow as a coming soon listing. They're seeing it on social media as a coming soon listing. They're seeing it on Pinterest and Instagram and, and our agents are sharing, it. you know, like they're seeing it everywhere. And then when we hit the mark, they're like, oh my gosh, we can see it now. You know what I mean? And so that's a little bit about the, the stuff about social media that people aren't talking about so much is the ability to reach. And so with promoted posts and ads on Facebook and Instagram, and then following that up on, on uh, with Google ads and click, I mean, you're able to do a lot of this stuff and people are seeing it. And then that's the kind of data you get to share with your clients. Like, hey, we've been on the market for three months. We've had 1 million impressions on your home. 1 million people have seen it. We've had 45 showings. It's time for a price adjustment, you know? Right. Or you, you're following IP addresses on the back end. And you're like, hey, we just had a showing from uh, an agent in Newport Beach on a Newport Beach listing. Our analytics on the back end in Newport Beach have been spiking for the last three days. I think we're getting an offer. So that's the stuff you can kind of talk about and tell and like talk to your clients so, or like, Hey, they're not going to write it. I've been looking like usually if a husband or wife love a home, they're on the website. They're looking at it. They're on Zillow or, or realtor.com or something looking at it. Right. Right. Or they're on the property website and you know, cause you're watching analytics for that listing. Yeah, that's great. So if the analytics suck, no one's watching it. No one's like passionate. No one's no one connected emotionally, but when the analytics are through the roof, you know, they're, you know what's happening, right? Let me let me uh, let me take you back to Emin for a second. Talk about the importance of those connections you've made there. We we, we touched on it, but yeah, I've I've, I've honestly, Bill, um, I've met some of my closest real estate relationships and, and people I genuinely call friends 
and can call on the drop of a dime and ask for advice through Inman. Some of the most solid people I've ever met on this planet I've met through my connection with Inman. And um, I'm super thankful for Brad and his crew and everything that they do. But some of the most thoughtful, genuine, and, and people who are actually in our business, love our business and are passionate about it, I've met through Inman. And people see at my company the passion that I have for that, and they want to get involved too. And then they get to meet people and have the same experiences that I have through that connection. Yeah. And so, um, I, I, I mean, that's how you and I met. I mean, you know, I think we met the first time I had a camera crew following me around at, at Inman, I think in 2010, 2011, something yeah, like that. You did. Um, right. but I brought, I brought a crew to video Inman cause I wanted people to see it, you know, um, and experience it through like my eyes basically. And I was on main stage that year and did a couple panels and, it was fun to kind of capture that stuff and then bring it back to Orange County. Right. You you had a great story earlier this year on Inman. I'm hoping you'll share it again. Give us the uh, you know the the short version of of the article about hustle. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Yeah, I do. What's so funny is that we just got that listing again. So it's just like it keeps like on and on and on. But anyway, I got a call a referral from um, an agent uh, down south, and basically said, hey. I've got some friends of mine um, that are need to lease out their place in Irvine. And he's like, um, it's, a, it's maybe like $3,500 a month rental. It's a two bedroom, like upstairs unit, whatever. Could you help them out? He's like, I don't want a referral fee. Just like take care of it. I'm like, yeah, not a problem. I'm happy to help out. So we get there, meet this couple, super nice. They've got this amazing like French bulldog, which we connected with immediately because we just had just shot a video on a $5 million listing in Irvine. With that, where we used the French Bulldog as the main actor. So it was just kind of funny, and we were just sharing stories, and we connected with them. They were super cool. Anyway, we, 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 we staged the house because it just needed a little, like, boutique so to speak. So we, it's a, yes, it's a lease, and we staged it. Wow. And, and that's out of the box. Yes, we created a property website, and it was a lease, but we didn't care. And yes, we created brochures for this property, and yes, we show it appointment only. Again, just white glove service, for a lease, right? Anyway, like a week, 10 days into the lease, we had four or five applications, full price, over list price. Uh, we took amazing photos. And I think that Inman article um, had showcased some of the photos and all that. Just amazing photos. It looked amazing, whatever. Um, so we had a handful of full price, over list price lease applications. And the homeowner calls me up and goes, hey, Raj, we, we're going to have to like, we can't lease this out anymore. I just got a job below up to like the Napa Valley area and we need to sell. Can you help us out? Well, that little $3,500 a month lease turned into a $600,000 listing. Nice. And guess what? We were totally prepared. We had photos, property website, brochures. The home was perfectly staged. I mean, we did it all right up front and we were ready for the market. Anyway, we tell all the lease people, so sorry, the owners want to sell. Um, they're all like, if they change their mind, if they change their mind, let us know, let us know, let us know. Anyway, we change it to a, a for sale listing. We get multiple offers over list price because it just looked amazing. And um, it just kind of shows like I didn't want to take the lease, but it turned into a sale, right? And then so we sell it. And the person who bought it says, hey, Raj, I'm not going to live here. This is an income property for me. And I'm going to lease it out. <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh, I've got five or six lease applications. Do you mind if I call up and see if one of them wants to lease it? Like, no problem. Call someone and we signed a, a one-year lease listing. 
So we basically took the lease listing, ended up being a sale listing. We double-ended the sale listing. Then we double-ended the lease listing on the backside. I mean, then um, a year later, the person who owned it and the, or the tenants decided to leave. And the homeowner says, hey, I've got a friend who's an agent. I'm going to give them a shot. They're new in the industry, blah, blah, blah. I said, no problem. That's cool. No worries. Well, they take photos <laughs> with their iPhone, um, unedited, unstaged, the whole deal, right? Yep. And like a month goes by. She's not getting income now because the people moved out. She calls me up and goes, Raj, can I please have the photos from the lease that you took on my listing? I'm like, no, I'm so sorry. I can't give those to you. I really can't. They're like our photos. We paid our photographer. She's like, okay, well, um, my agent's going to call you up and he's going to want to buy the photos from you. I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sell them. I'm so sorry. I'm just like, he, there's a zillion real estate photographers in Orange County. Why doesn't he call? So anyway, a couple hours go by. The agent calls me up. He's like, I'm not paying for photos on a lease listing. That's crazy. He's like, you can have the listing. I'll transfer the client over to you. You can have it. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. So we, I, I called the homeowner up. I'm like, hey, he doesn't want the listing anymore. Do you mind if we take it? She's like, no, it's all yours. Will you make sure to use the same photos? I'm like, okay, no problem. So we use the same photos. We lease it again. We had the tenant, so we double-ended the lease again. That same person now is like, Raj, I'm so impressed with your business and how you're treating your business like a business. It really is. Most agents would have caved and like, it's a lease. Here's my photos, right? Right. But no, those photos are worth so much more than what I paid my photographer. I mean, that's time. That's staging. That's like the property website. They're everywhere, right? So then we lease it again. There you go. We lease it again. We lease it again. She wants to buy more properties from us. We sell her a couple properties. I mean, like it's a little lease that keeps giving and giving and giving. And guess what? The people just moved out like three weeks ago. We just listed it again and just leased it again and double-ended it. So it's like, it's like you got to have this part of your business. You got to have that savvy and you got to put your best foot forward on this stuff. I mean, that's just like, like not giving up and true hustle. I mean, I, I lost the number count of sides that deal has given us because we said yes to a lease that we would have lost money on. Right. You know what I mean? Right. right. If it was right. just a lease. If it was just the lease. Look, I've had you here way over the time I asked you for. So I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked everybody at the end of the podcast. And that's what's one piece of advice you would give a new agent just getting started in the business? Yeah. You know, actually, because I've got this, like this, this deep love for the community that, you know, you and I are in through the Inman network through, this conference network that we're all in. I mean, I'd get really involved in the conference scene. I really would. And just get in, in, immersed in it. Get to know the people who are moving the industry. And I just don't mean the celebrity real estate agents, right? I mean, the ones who are actually like selling the, the homes in your market, right? right? Who are passionately involved in technology, social media, design, aesthetic, staging, who understand the international buyer pool that's coming into the market. Like I would get involved with that and look to those people and just call them up. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of them won't call you back, but a lot of them will. The ones that really care will call you back. And so get to know those people intimately, um, hang out with them, pick their brain, offer to take them out for lunch or dinner, just so you can spend some time with them. You know, and like, how'd you start? Like, what's the best thing? Like I interview agents all the time, right? Agents who have been in the industry 10, 15, 20 years and brand new agents out of college. And the one thing they always ask is like, why would I join here versus there? What's different about this? Well, you know, if they took the time to just look online and see what a lot of these people have been up to, 
especially like the smaller independent brokerages, you know, like how they're making a difference and how they're paving the way. I think they would understand. And they look at the passion, like any one of our agents can call me up anytime they want, day or night, and I'm there for them, you know? And so I think if they just get involved and like, because they don't know what they don't know. They're asking questions that other people are telling them to ask, but they don't know what they don't know. And so get involved, find a place where it's like, you kind of feel like family, you know? And, and, and people are there to help you. And I think that's a great uh, thing for a new agent to, to get involved in. Raj, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Because I'm guessing after this episode, you might get a few inquiries from people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could jump on our main broker site, which is uh, the boutique, com. So T-H-E, be like boy, O-U-T-I-Q-U-E-R-E.com. And there's a link to all our social channels on there. I'm at Raj Kassar on everything, R-A-J-Q-S-A-R on everything. And if anyone's ever interested in, in Orange County and looking for a brokerage that's kind of making a difference, um, we've got a great uh, website out there called jointheboutique.com. Raj, I can't thank you enough for, for one, being so patient <clears throat> and waiting for me to get to you. <laughs> and, and, two, <laughs> and two, for a really cool episode. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure to be on the show and look forward to seeing you at the next conference. 